You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fulford, where questions about the Bible meet real life. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Lee Fuller, and you're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast. That's right. Um, and today we're going to be talking about working. You know, I found an article that um, as we've been talking through work in um, the workplace, God and work in the workplace and so forth. Hey, what happens when you take God to work? Right. I found this interesting article that said 10 reasons what's uh, 10 reasons it's wrong to evangelize in the workplace. You know, so we're going to talk about um, is it wrong to evangelize in the workplace and, and or how should we if we don't think it's really a problem? Right. Let's talk about it. But before I do that, I got to ask you a question. This is a serious question because I like asking serious questions. <laughs> One serious question is, are you following uh, the Bible in real life on TikTok? There's this app that has really got me excited about producing content. And it's called TikTok, right? Some of you may have heard of it. Some of you may have not. But um, my creative side is really starting to show. Um, the first the first couple are, you know, I mean, it's very good content. But now I'm starting to get creative. <laughs> I tried to do a, I tried to do an evil laugh. <laughs> That, that didn't sound very evil. But let me do a, a holy laugh. <laughs> that was even worse. Okay, but anyway. Um, so make sure you're following us on TikTok, the Bible in real life. We're going through uh, just different, I'm um, going through the Bible and just, hey, here's what I'm reading as I'm going through the Bible this year. And uh, if you want to follow along, then, then have at it. Join us there. But this episode, the Bible in Real Life podcast, um, <clears throat> we're in a series, God and Work, right? So we started off the series and we talked about how, you know what, God doesn't have a problem with work. In fact, you know, some will say that, you know, a work or having a job and stuff is part of the curse. You know, God told Adam that by the sweat of your brow, right? So work must be a curse. Well, not exactly. Because God gave Adam something to do before chapter three, right? And the fall. So God told him, subdue the earth, have dominion. So he gave him a job earlier. Uh, continuing on, we talked about in the first, and I'm not going to rehash the whole episode. Um, so go back and check it out. But we talked about, the Bible says, in the beginning, God. No. Um, in the beginning, God created. Yeah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. So God went to work, right? He did something. He was productive. He was active. So go back and we kind of set the theology on work. And then the next episode, we talked a little bit about what else the Bible has to say about work, right? So go back and listen to our concept of work and the biblical perspective. We've kind of talked about it. But today, um, I want to get into evangelism at work. Should we do it? Should we not only allow just ourselves being a Christian at work be evangelism? Is that enough to call it evangelism? Hey, I'm a Christian. I go to work delivering pizzas, you know, or driving Uber or or I'm an architect or an airplane pilot. Hey, with me just walking in being a image bearer of God, does that 
count as evangelism? What do you think? Put it in the chat. Hit me up on social. Let me know. Hey, if me just being a good person, is that considered evangelism? Should I feel okay as a Christian if that's what I'm doing at work? You know, I'm just showing up, being a good employee, right? Um, well, today we are going to talk about it. And <clears throat> I like to give a little framework. So this framework is not mine entirely. It's kind of a uh, when I do research for the podcast, it's kind of a amalgamation. <laughs> it's kind of a collection of multiple articles and different things. But uh, I'm going to teach kind of through this outline, through this concept. Um, and and here are these five components of these five components of um, a witness at work. Right. So Christ competence, concern, character, and conversation. Hey, I'm getting pretty good at this. This is episode, I don't remember, insert episode number. But in this episode, um, we're going to talk through these five components of Christ or connecting your job and work, right? But before I start, I want to see um, the opposite opinion, right? So I found this article in the Huffington Post and it said 10 reasons is wrong to evangelize at work, right? 10 reasons is wrong to evangelize at work. So I figured I'd go through them just to kind of get your perspective, get your feedback, get your opinion on it. So the number one reason not to evangelize at work, it says, because if you evangelize at work, you are a bad employee. <laughs> so watch this. It said, unless part of your job description reads evangelizing to your coworkers, you are effectively stealing from your employer when you spend time doing that. Okay. So <laughs> the articles say you are a bad employee if you spend, you know, time on the clock, you know, evangelizing a coworker, then you're stealing from the company, right? Now, um, you know, I'm just going to go through them before I make comment, but I'm pretty sure that me telling about the basketball game uh, is also stealing, according to this definition, will be stealing from the company, right? Me asking, you know, Joe Jackson how his son did um, on the, the um, basketball team this weekend, is that stealing from the company? These are just conversations that happen at work, but I try not to be a bad employee. So I'm just going to go through the list. So a bad employee, uh, your job is not to evangelize. You're not getting paid to evangelize to your coworkers. So that's one reason. The other one is, now I thought this was interesting. I like how they got spiritual on us. It said violating Jesus's great commandment. So you shouldn't evangelize at work because it violates Jesus great commandment. According to this article, Jesus said, that the greatest law of all, what he himself called the great commandment, was to love your neighbor as yourself. Trying to convert a coworker isn't loving them, it's disrespecting them, since it's asserting that you know better than they do what's best for them. Mm. Wait, so let me get this straight. If I love my neighbor, 
I shouldn't tell them how to have a relationship with God, right? So um, it says this evangelize network, you are violating the great commandment. And I was like, mm, maybe they should continue reading, but <laughs> uh, maybe continue reading Bible a little bit before we jump on that one, right? Next, um, being wildly condescending, okay? <laughs> you shouldn't evangelize at work because you're being wildly condescending. Fueling your will to evangelize is the conviction that your spiritual life is better, richer, more rewarding, and truer than your coworkers, right? So if you tell people, um, if you're evangelizing at work, uh, the article says you're being condescending because you're saying that your convictions, your worship is better than someone else's. <laughs> okay. Uh, as I'm going through these, I just want you to kind of hear um, the perspective of the author, whoever wrote this article. Um, he says, number one, again, number five, it's out of order. Evangelizing Christians are fond of saying that they are witnessing to others. What they forget, however, is that the entire point of being a witness is to answer questions when asked. <laughs> he said, you don't go out evangelizing. You just answer questions if somebody asks you. You know, so I've heard this argument. Uh, it's out of order. You should wait for somebody to ask you for the hope that's within you before you say something. Well, um, okay, okay. Um, so I guess the perspective of the article is you shouldn't evangelize unless somebody asks you, right? Well, we'll talk about it. We're, we're going to talk about it. He says it's wasting time. <laughs> now, I thought this article, this, this point was so interesting. He said, wasting your time. Evangelizing in the workplace is like evangelizing everywhere else. It doesn't work. What? It doesn't work. Evangelism does not work? Is that what he's saying? And here is how he backs up this point. He or she, whoever wrote the article, backs up this point. Churches. Um, he said, churches consistently rank evangelism and outreach as their top priority. Um, in the few minutes I tried, um, so here's a stat that he found to back this up. Um, in a 2002 report among Protestant pastors indicating that that year, Christian churches would raise and spend more than $50 billion on domestic uh, ministry. Yet today, America is less Christian than ever. So uh, his his point is um, churches and ministries spend billions of dollars on um, domestic ministry. You know, not sending the missionaries and stuff, but doing work in the ministry. And it says that um, because America is less Christian than ever, uh, it's a failure. Right. Evangelism doesn't work. America's getting worse and worse and worse. So therefore, evangelism doesn't work. So it's a waste of time. We shouldn't tell people about Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting seeing a counterpoint or seeing the perspective. Hopefully, as you're developing or as you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking, hmm, I, 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 I see how I would respond to that person. Or, hey, I see how I would respond to someone that's saying that. Um. 
the whole idea in evangelism is grounded in what men decided to call the Great Commission, which is when Jesus tells to go and make disciples of all nations, uh, to go out there. In other words, evangelize. But Jesus directed his disciples to do that at a time when just about nobody in the world had heard of him. Of course, his crew had to go out there and spread the world, and they did, which is awesome. And that's why you yourself today have heard of Jesus and Christianity. It's why all of your coworkers have too. Mission accomplished. You can now feel absolutely 100% free to take uh, the fulfilling. Okay. Basically, um, it's anachronistic. It's unnecessary, right? You don't have to evangelize because the world already heard of Jesus. The world already heard of Jesus. So why would you tell your employee or your coworker or those that you work with, why would you tell them about Jesus? Listen, the other people that obeyed the command, they told people about Jesus. So now everybody knows about Jesus and you don't have to witness to your coworkers. <laughs> That's the argument. I shouldn't evangelize because the whole world already knows Jesus. Well, I've seen some pretty poor examples of Christ. And I've seen some pretty poor um, messages of the gospel shared, right? So um, I think I'm going to do my part and also do what God told us to do, right? But it's so interesting seeing their perspective. Um, ego tripping. Uh, he says, let me see. Come on. There's, a, there's no reason. That, there's not a person in the world who doesn't. Uh, get off expounding to others about why they should believe the same things. So he says it's called an ego rush, right? You don't, you shouldn't evangelize because it's really just propping up your ego, right? By telling another person, hey, you should believe what I believe. You should be like me. You should, um, you should, you know, serve the Lord because my idea or because what I believe is the best thing in the whole world. And he says, um, you shouldn't do that because you're just doing that for ego. Stop getting your ego stroked at the expense of your coworkers and your employers. Wow. Wow. You know, and then the other two, being emotionally dishonest. When you go into a conversation with an agenda of how that conversation should go, you're not being emotionally honest. You're not being real, spontaneous, or vulnerable. You're not truly engaging with the other person because at very least, you're not listening to them. What you're doing when evangelizing isn't a real conversation. It's a sales pitch. Wow. You know, as I listen to this, my heart kind of aches a little bit because I, I hear a person that has perhaps run into that person. We, we know that person. That person that um, has a zeal for godliness, you know, hey, they got saved and they want to tell the whole world about Jesus. Yet they, uh, the Bible tells us to be, he actually was talking to his disciples in this context of sharing the gospel. Um, um, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, right? So there is a way to share the gospel at work. There is a way. Now, the gospel does offend because the gospel convicts, the gospel pricks, the gospel challenges people and their belief structure. That's what the gospel does. 
right? The gospel tells us that you're not okay, right? So I understand that there is an inherent contradiction or a, yeah, inherent contradiction or challenge to a person's belief structure when you present the gospel. However, we should also do it in a spirit of love, right? And then putting yourself ahead of God. Last one, bring people to God is God's job, not yours. God told you what your job is, to love others. So do your job, well-meaning Christian friend, and stop interfering with God. I'm sure God would appreciate that, as most certainly would your coworkers. So this was an article on the Huffington Post, 10 Reasons It's Wrong to Evangelize in the Workplace. You know, you shouldn't view your workplace as a mission field. Okay. As I read through that, I saw that, you know, perhaps some people have definitely had a bad experience. This guy, um, John Shore, um, seems to have had a bad experience with people evangelizing to him. Um, but today I want to talk about how to do it right. I want to talk about how to, um, a way to do it well, right? Because I do believe that, you, um, a workday, what well, used to be a workday was eight hours. Now workdays are like 10 hours, right? I mean, people have long and longer workdays. So you're spending more and more of your life with employees. As a business owner, I spend more and more like my life with customers or clients or employees or coworkers, you know? So, um, should I, evangelize to those that I spend the majority of my time with, right? Well, today we're going to talk about it, and I'm going to use a simple outline. Um, uh, we're going to talk about the five C's, right? The first C is put Christ on the table, right? So the first C is Christ. We got to put Christ on the table, and here, here's what I mean by that. Um, Galatians 3.27 tells us, for as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So when you're getting up to go to work in the morning, right? Hey, I was military, uh, sheriff office, employer, um, business owner, whatever. In the morning, you usually have to get dressed, right? Before you go do whatever you're going to do, right? So whether you put your boots on or you put your skirt on, or you put your hat on, or you grab your whistle. I don't know. Who, who has a whistle? Um, school crossing guards, right? Whatever you put on, make sure you put on Christ, okay? Take Christ to work with you. So when you're getting dressed in the morning, you don't be like, oh, man, Sunday I had on Christ because I went to church. You know, it's Monday, so I don't really have to put on Christ. No, the Bible says, as many of you that were baptized in Christ, right? Those of you that are believers, put on Christ when you go to go to church or go to work. Um, so what are ways that you can put on Christ without being um, overly, overly um, um, disrespectful? Not disrespectful. Um, here's ways, I guess, that you can put Christ on the table like you can show that you have Christ when you're at work. Simple. How about, because here is why. You want to let people know. You want to uh, identify. Now it's says, hey, I identify as a blah, blah, blah. Well, you want to identify as a Christian, right? <laughs> um, 
And one way you can do that is simply kind of um, Monday morning, you know, or throughout the week, people talk about what they did on the weekend, right? Or what they're going to do this weekend. Right or what great time they had the weekend? Well, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh man, we had an amazing service at church. Oh, okay, <laughs> conversation over, right? <laughs> but or you know, because you can recount what you did over the weekend. You know what? Um, over the weekend, my church we volunteered and we cleaned up. You know, three hundred one. We did adopt a highway, so I did some community service with my church this weekend. Oh, okay. Now, I'm not being overly, hey, you need to be saved, centered person. No, I'm telling you what I did this weekend, right? But what that does is that lets him know, okay, um, he's he put Christ on the table, right? He's put on Christ. He's showing that I'm not ashamed. Hey, this is what I did. You know, this is what I did this weekend. This is what I do on my weekends, right? Another um, way to put Christ on the table is you know, describing or telling about a, a conversation that you had this weekend or, you know, a Bible conversation that you were in this weekend, you know. Hey, me and my buddy were talking about, um, you know, the Roe versus Wade conversation, right? Um, or, um, let me see, you don't even have to go as, because that may go, you know, that may go sideways quick, but you can... Um, Bible conversation. You know what? We were talking about um, if sometimes you feel overwhelmed, you know, you can uh, call on God, right? There's help for when you're overwhelmed. You know, this Bible study we were talking about, you know, Sunday service. Let me see. Sunday service, too small, right? So um, sometimes I think it was David and Goliath, um, you know, how God gives us enough, you know? So you can describe a Bible discussion or a lesson or a takeaway that you took for from the weekend or doing a Bible study. You know, here's one thing that that I used to do. You know, people come in and be like, oh, man, you know, had a horrible weekend. My dog was at the vet, you know, and uh, or, hey, sick or had to, um, uh, you know, my house flooded or something crazy. And I was like, oh, man, you know, um, Hey, I'll be praying for for your family. You know, I know y'all are close to your dog and with your dog being sick or your goldfish dying or whatever, you know, I'll send up a prayer for you. That's it. You know, I'll be like, hey, I'll send up a prayer for your, for your family because I know how important your dog is to your family, you know, because I've had people ask to, hey, can you pray for my, my dog? You know, they're sick and blah, blah, blah. Now, me personally, um, I, I had a dog when I was a kid. Let me preface that. I had a dog when I was a kid. And that's when I realized I wasn't a dog person. Okay. Because they were like, hey, Lee, go feed your dog. And I'm like, oh, I got to go feed my dog. It was like, hey, Lee, um, hey, did you take your walk, dog for a walk? No, I didn't take my dog for a walk. Ah. So I realized I wasn't really an animal person. But I have family that are animal people. Animal people. So I can understand that when... If someone's like they're you know upset that their dog broke their hip or the dog was at the vet or something, man, um, hey, telling them that you know what, I will pray for your family because I know your dog is important to your family, you know. Uh oh man, sorry to hear about your dog. You know what? I don't I don't know if theologically I can say, you know, I'm gonna pray for your dog. Cause I don't know in the Bible if they pray for animals. I don't I don't know. I Never been asked that question, but I normally say, you know, hey, you know, I pray for your family. 
and I hope that everything works out for you with your pet situation, right? Okay, I spent way too much time talking about the dog. Um, the second thing is you can, you know, or you can just use generic things. Hey, you know what? Um, man, that that situation in Ukraine was horrible or was terrible, you know? So, you know, I'll, I'll make sure to pray for Ukraine, right? Oh, man, hey, did you hear about what happened to to Mary? Yeah, man, her, her you know, uh, her son, um, you know, was beat up this weekend. You know, oh, man, we, I, I have to pray for her family. What's her name? Yeah, Mary. Okay, I'll pray for Mary, right? So it's just kind of putting Christ on the table, right? It's not saying, hey, you know, I'm praying. Why, everybody, let's join hands right now and pray for Mary, <laughs> right? You don't have to go that far, but it's showing that, hey, I am a Christian and this is, I'm just as, as open or clear with it as anything else, right? Um, some people put a, a scripture reference in their, um, sometime on their social media profile, sometime on their signature, right? I'll see a signature just from a, a random client, not a random client, but a client or a coworker, depending on the company policies, right? But I'll see a signature and it'll say, you know, Philippians 4.13, you know, or it'll say Phil, you know, it'll say Phil 4.13. And I, I know what that means because as a believer, I, I know the cues, I know the lingo, right? Um, or I'll see JN, you know, John 3.16. And I'm like, okay, all right. So we have a person that, that at least is introducing Christ in the conversation or has some type of knowledge about Christ, right? So number one, put Christ on the table. Um, uh, put on Christ when, you, when you're heading to work on Mondays. Here, now, here's what's going to happen. Here, Listen to me. Here's what's going to happen. Um, people are going to notice. So a couple things are going to happen. Number one, when people have situations, they may come to you and say, hey, can you pray for my child? You know, or can you, uh, so don't be surprised if people say, hey, can you pray for me? Right. Also, don't be surprised if now people are watching. They may not say anything, but now they're watching. So, um, and you know, Lord help me, because I'm I'm trying to walk this thing out just like everybody else. So, um, you know, somebody said a joke. I thought the joke was funny, right? I'm not gonna share it now because not everybody that's listening may think it's funny, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> and they said, Oh, hey, 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 church boy. You you listen, you thought that was funny, you know. And I was like, uh, okay, but that comes with it, right? When you put Christ in the conversation, when you bring Christ to the table, they look at you different because people have an expectation of what a believer should be like, right? And they're looking for the real ones. You got to be a real one, right? And I think one of the reasons so many people don't put Christ on the table or put on Christ at work is because they know that. People are going to start watching and believe me, they will. Right. So the first C is Christ. The second C is work with excellence. <laughs> the second C is work with excellence. The second C is competence. Okay. And competence, I mean, work with excellence. Right. The Bible says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. I believe that's Colossians 3.23. Right. Uh, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And listen, when I was a kid, my mom used to drill this in us. Hey, Lee, what did you did you have um did you halfway do this? 
Because whatever you do, do heartily as unto the Lord, right? Not unto men. So it really gave me a, a attitude of excellence. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do my best, right? Because we are to do it heartily as unto uh, the Lord and not to man. Um, work with excellence. Also, now Philippians 2.14. I know a lot of us know Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without murmuring and complaining. Uh-oh. 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 All the managers said amen. <laughs> and all the employees say, shut up, Lee. Stop talking so much. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without grumbling and disputing or murmuring and complaining, depending on what what issue, what uh, translation you are reading. And it's the idea of, listen, everybody, it's tough, right? Work is hard. Work is work, right? But let's not murmur and complaining. Let's not have a, a bad attitude. And Many of us know those people at work where everything, everything is a, before, you, man, I'm so glad. Look, the, the sun is shining. The birds are chirping. And they be like, why are these birds so loud? Why is it so hot? You know, I can't find my shades. This sun is shining so bright, right? It's just, Christians shouldn't have this, this, murmuring and just complaining attitude all the time. Now, are there certain things that, hey, you know what? We can discuss it. We can improve. We can create efficiencies. But all day, every day, murmuring and complaining, the Bible says in Philippians 2.14, do all things without murmuring and complaining. One day I'm going to preach it. One day I'm going to preach it. Because um, in, the, in the Old Testament, hey, there was some murmuring and complaining. God was like, hold on. Let me go ahead and cut out these people that's murmuring and complaining all the time. Right. I'm just saying this is Bible. Um, so uh, as a Christian, we should the first C is Christ. So we put Christ on the table. The second C is competence. Right. Work with excellence. I did a study and I, I recommend you do a study, too, because I think this is so good. I did a study on skill or skillful in the Bible. You know, I did, just did a word search. Hey, um, what are times when skill or skillful are used in the Bible? And you see that the Bible refers to skillful craftsmen, skillful warriors, who, 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 army pride, skilled for the word. The Bible says Ezra was skilled in the word. He was a scribe. So preachers, we should be skillful in the word. Um, uh, stone cutters are skillful iron workers. It talked about musicians. It talked about the Levites that were skillful playing the musicians. So, hey, I know you want to play at the church, but we should be skillful, right? Um, inventors, I think it's in Ezekiel, where it talked about machines, you know. Um, I forgot what translation, and it was saying um, skillful he made skillful machines. And they were talking about machines that would throw rocks and throw arrows and stuff. But skillful inventors, skillful woodworkers, right? So God, yes, um, God created the world with excellence, and he calls us to be skillful in our trade. If we are going to bear the image of Christ, we should be skillful. We should be competent. We should work in excellence. Here is how you... 
um, create that witness at church, right? Nobody wants to be like the person that's not competent, right? And whew, I have met a couple believers. I have met a couple believers. And I was like, listen, hey, 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 brother. Hey, sis, you ain't got to pray about this one. All you had to do is read the manual. Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, we, you know, you don't need the Holy Ghost help for this. All you had to do is follow the instructions. Right, and you would have got it right. You'd be like, "Oh, help me, Jesus!" No, no. Open the manual, read the instructions, and get it right. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had a moment. I had a moment. I'm sorry. Competence, um, skillful, work with excellence. This is how we create a testimony. This is why a person says, "Hey, you know what? Something's different about you. Hey, something's great about you. Hey, the Bible tells us to do it heartily as unto the Lord." Right. So I am skillful. I am confident. Um, and I am competent, right? How else do you be a great witness at work? Listen, love your peers. So this one is concern. Have concern for your peers. Love your peers. Listen, at work, it's okay to invest in friendships with non-Christians. Listen, you work with these people every day. I'm sorry, I don't mean to call them these people. You work with non-believers every day. Invest in that relationship, so concern, show love. Um, everybody knows that a Christian is supposed to be loving, right? And sometimes some Christians will not show concern or love for their coworkers, right? Nobody likes the mean Christian, <laughs> right? You know, hey, how you doing? Oh, I don't talk to you, Jezebel, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's horrible, right? But sometimes people, you look down on other, no, loving, right? Um, look at it, what's it what was it? Ah, my granddad was looking at it. Esther, um, Sanford and Son, right? Esther be like, these heathens, look at all these heathens, right? Um, so if we should love our peers. Now, how do we, how do we practically love our peers at coworkers? I got an idea. Um, don't always skip the lunch invitation. Right. Hey, you want to go? Nah, nah, I'm good. Hey, you want to go? Nah, I'm straight. Hey, you want to go to lunch? Nope, nope. Hey, we're going to go and grab uh, subs. Nope, nope. Right. Sometimes you can say yes. Right. Show concern for your coworkers. Uh, other participate in the celebrations. Right. Hey, um, participate in the celebrations. Sometimes you do get invited to the wedding. Right. You can go. Now, I'm not saying you got to while out at the at the um, what's after when the refreshment, the ceremony, the recital. I'm sorry. Rehearsal. No. After the wedding, there is a. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but you got the wedding and you got the thing after the wedding, the party. You know, you don't have to while out at the party reception. There it is. You don't have to while out at the reception. Right. But you can go. Right. And matter of fact, and, and be generous. You know, we should show generosity as believers. Right. Bring a gift with you. Don't be the stingy Christian. Listen, nobody likes the, the mean Christian. Nobody likes the dirty Christian. Nobody likes the unconfident Christian. And nobody likes the, the stingy Christian. Right. Listen, my buddies, they will. Now. I'm not saying that, you know, I, I ask people to, hey, buy me a drink or anything like that. But they'd be like, hey, you know what? Hey, buy everybody around on me, right? And the Christian be like, see, 
He's not wise with his funds. <laughs> but when you go to dinner, you never pick up the check for the table, right? You never give a good tip. You know, one thing that I did, and I thought this was so, um, because somebody called me out. They say, man, you gave that waitress a pretty decent tip. And I was like, yeah. You know, I mean, she did a, she did a good job, right? Here's my point. People notice the generosity. People notice the things. People notice, hey, you know what? I'll get you a meal today. No problem. Hey, um, hey, come with us. Oh man, I didn't have, I didn't bring my lunch. Hey, I don't have any money. Blah, blah, blah. No problem. I got you. Right? Invest in relationships with non-believers, right? Um, come to the promotion ceremony. You know, I'm military. Hey, after they had a the little promotion get together or um, somebody got promoted at the job. Hey, go to the little celebration afterwards. Get some wings or whatever. Right. Just just invest in non-Christian relationships. Show concern. Right. Love your peers. Not just because uh, one love them because God tells us love one another. You know, be kind tend to hard to forgive one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. So just have concern, but it opens up these conversations. You are a witness in the workplace. Don't always skip the birthdays. Don't always skip the weddings or the promotions or the farewell celebration. Oh, hey, John's retiring. Okay. Hey, John, I'm going to miss you, man. You know, hey, you're a really good person, whatever, right? At least go. Don't be like, well, you know, they probably going to be playing music that I disagree with. <laughs> Listen, I ain't saying you got to stay, you ain't got to shut it down. You know, you ain't got to stay nine hours. Hey, pop in. Hey, hey, John, you know, I'm going to miss you. You're, you're solid worker, you know, you know, good job collecting my reports. I don't know. <laughs> right. But love your peers, show concern. So Christ, put on Christ. Competence, work with excellence. Concern, love your peers. Character, listen. Once you, let the cat out the bag. Once you put on Christ, they're going to check. They're going to look at your character. Are you hardworking? I thought the Bible said you're supposed to be working hard. The Bible talks about not being lazy. You know, they were like, I don't go to church, but I know the Bible say you shouldn't be lazy. I'm working harder than you, right? <laughs> you know, and sometimes I believe that, um, you know, the Christian work ethic used to be a very strong work ethic, right? So, this is a Christian character uh, being in hard work. The Bible tells you, hey, go look at the ant. Go look at the ant. Uh, no one has to tell the ant to get up and go to work. They just go to work, right? I'm sorry. So Proverbs, read Proverbs is worrying about laziness, right? So you need to have character in the workplace. Be honest, right? Hey, um, uh, this, you know, I think this is a little in a gray area. This might be a little dishonest. Right. Um, hey, I'm going to tell when I'm on customer service, I'm going to tell them the truth. You know, now I'm going to answer their questions. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be helpful. Right. Um, but I have to operate in integrity, you know, humility. Yeah. I remember we had a project. <clears throat> we had a project. Now, I worked. I was, I mean, like if, if we had to put the effort level, or um, uh, it would it would it would not be wrong for me to be like, um, hey, this project they didn't do nothing. I did this whole thing. I did ninety seven percent of it by myself, right? 
You know, what kind of team project? Ain't nobody helped me. I did this, right? Or you could say, hey, you know, you could be humble. Yeah, hey, the team, we did a really good job. You know, hey, the team got it done on time. You know, um, it was a, it was a team effort. You know, and they were like, oh, good job on that proposal. Yeah, you know, we we worked hard. We really got it done, right? Now your coworkers, they see that, right? You both see it too. You both see it too. Got to show them. But your coworkers, they see that, you know. So be humble, you know. Um, so have character at at work, right? And here is what happens. If you put on Christ, if you put on competence and work with excellence, if you show concern for your neighbors and you have honorable character, <clears throat> the next C is conversation. You will get conversations. People will start asking you, hmm, you know, there is something different about you. Or they will say, man, I appreciate what you did. Or, hey, would you pray for me? Or, Hey, can I come with you on Sunday? Hey, where was that verse at again? Yada, yada, yada. It opens up for conversation. So you need to be prepared for evangelism. You need to be prepared to share the gospel. You know, some people, I know there are many believers that may not be comfortable sharing the gospel because either they haven't been taught how to share the gospel or they got saved so long ago they don't remember the specific they were just like i don't really i was at a church you know uh, and i felt the spirit of god and i came forward blah 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 but not everybody was witness to either on the street or at work or on the corner or wherever right so some people you know without we have to know how to evangelize we have to know how to have that conversation we need to be prepared for evangelism. Do you know how to have the gospel conversation? Do you know how to share the truth of the gospel? What are the truths of the gospel? You know, I <clears throat> uh, I found this the other day. I don't know if you've seen this. Hold on, let me back up. So it's one of these uh, little rainbow, um, I don't want to say rainbow, these color-coded wristbands, right? And what these wristbands, they kind of give you, it looks like the Romans Road, right? Yeah, Romans Road plus Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, right? So um, there, there are many uh, strategies or ways that you can share the gospel, but are you prepared for the conversation? Are you prepared to walk a person through a clear gospel presentation? Um, unfortunately, many times people are not, right? But let me tell you something. When you uh, when you put Christ on the table, when you work with excellence and show competence, when you love your peers and have concern for them, when you walk and operate in character and integrity, then you will have these conversations, right? And we need to be able to tell people clearly the gospel presentation, right? Uh, God has certain laws and rules and man broke his law. And because he broke his law, then the punishment for breaking the laws of God was death. But God loved us and God sent his son to die for our sins. And if we believe that he took our place, then with the second chance, I try to live and glorify God in everything I say and do. All right. This is the gospel presentation. Right. I place my faith in God, believing that he took my penalty 
for sin, which was death. And now with my second chance, I try to live a life that's pleasing to God and I obey his rules. You know? Now, would you like to join my hand, brother, and pray and see God's face? You know? Yeah. Share the gospel. The Bible says in Romans that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel, it has the power of God in it. It's a simple presentation. You know, hey, do you believe that you've done wrong? Do you believe that um, you, um, do you believe that you've done wrong? Well, the Bible says he sent his son down the cross for you. You know, if you believe that Jesus is Lord uh, and determined to um, live a life that's pleasing to him, then you will be saved. And God has prepared a place for you in heaven, right? So you can go through, you know, depending on how long you've been talking to the person, depending on how, how, um, what type of questions they ask, right? Um, so the second part of conversation is prepare for, be prepared for the evangelism conversation. And as a believer, you need to have conversations with God throughout the day. You should be praying. You should be praying for opportunities, right? You know what? God loves them. God loves them. So the article talked about how let God do his job, right? Um, saving people is God's work. Let God do his job. You shouldn't be evangelism, evangelizing. I think it's the complete opposite. And the Bible teaches it. You know, how can they hear without a preacher, right? God does do the saving. But God uses you, a human, to talk to the human so that God can <clears throat> touch their heart, right? <clears throat> Bible says God uses the foolishness of preaching. <clears throat> God uses us to share the gospel so that God can save them, all right? Well, hopefully this has been helpful for you. Um, uh, we talked about how God is not anti-work. God is pro-work. <laughs> Actually, God worked and God tells us to take a day of rest, right? So there's that you are supposed to work, but you are supposed to rest and reflect and, and have communication with God. So that is part of what we're supposed to do. Um, but at work, if you put on Christ, if you put on competence or work with excellence, if you show concern for your neighbors, that's the other C, concern. If you operate in character, then you, you will have these conversations. So we need to be ready to evangelize and we should be talking to God about how to, how to uh, respond when the opportunity presents itself. You know, and one last thing in closing, listen, pray for wisdom on how to navigate the questions and how to navigate your work environment right? Usually, um, you know, you don't have to be, you know, <clears throat> breaking policy rules, company rules, right? You know, your computer speakers, you know, you don't have to blast Tasha Cobb through your computer speakers, you know what I'm saying? Um, and you don't have to be, you know, dump, you know, sprinkling oil on the copier, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but, you can be an excellent witness at work. And I believe that's what we're called to do. 
because that is who you are. You are a child of God. And just like you have a last name, you should be just as confident saying, hey, this is who I am, right? And God will, um, you, you may face persecution. I was talking to a sister the other week and she said, you know what? Um, Sometimes I get treated like I'm different. And I say, yeah, Bible says we are peculiar people. Uh, Jesus said, if I was the king, if, um, if this was my world, then I, I, my soldiers and stuff would fight for me, you know? So my kingdom is not of this world. So we are different. However, we have to work here. We have to live here. So we can still be that example and that witness in this present age as we show people the love of Christ, the concern of Christ in our workplace. Man, this was a good episode. You know what? I think you should pass it on to a friend, pass it to a neighbor um, or share, have a conversation about it. You know what? How should I be at work? Should I be this silent witness, right? We don't have any reference of anything Lazarus said in the Bible, right? However, Lazarus was born again. I mean, resurrected from the dead. And that said a lot. It did. Uh, however, we do see that Lazarus was Jesus's friend. So there had to be some conversation. There had to be some interaction with Jesus and Lazarus and Mary and all that. So yes, we can show people by our actions, but we can also use our words. All right, this is Lee Fuller, Bible in Real Life. This was our episode, How to Evangelize at Work, because um, that's where we spend so much of our day. We might as well take some of our friends to heaven with us. This is Lee Bible in Real Life. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, on Tickety Talk, and all the other platforms and share this episode with a friend. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody.